Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to talk about current cattle market conditions and an outlook as we look to the rest of the summer and we move on into the fall. As we record this podcast, it's July 25th, and I give the date because the markets recently have been so volatile that what you say today may not make much sense as you have a conversation tomorrow. And so uh, I'm joined today by Dr. David Anderson, who's a professor and extension economist at Texas A&M. He's part of the AgriLife Extension Service there. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, great to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. Well, Dr. Anderson, you recently wrote an article. You're part of the group there that's uh, part of the Livestock Market Information Center group that writes for the In the Cattle Markets newsletter. And earlier in July here, you wrote an article just highlighting what's happening in terms of the beef side, uh, what's happening with the beef market, thinking about the carcass cutout values, what's happening with retail sales and prices. Uh, give some perspective on what's happening there as we start our conversation about a market outlook. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny to me. It's it, the group of us that write that. We each take a week, and and I guess for the last few months, when it's my turn, I've been I've been focusing a little more on the beef market, just to just to get it, folks to kind of think ahead or beyond, you know, maybe where we are if we're selling calves or whatever. But let's let's look a, a little bit further up or down the supply chain, however you want to think about it. You know, the the choice beef cutout has. With some ups and downs, we've gradually increased to mid-year. Uh, we got to almost $2.40 a pound. Uh, that has declined. We're down almost um, almost 10, roughly 10% since, really since the last six weeks. And so last six weeks, we've seen a pretty sharp decline in the cutout value. That's the, the choice cutout. Uh, and, you know, some of that is seasonal. Some of that is... Uh, you know, we get to the point where, you know, typically we see higher cattle prices, we see rising prices in the springtime, we see rising cutout values and the prices of certain cuts. As we go to get towards Memorial Day, 4th of July, we, we hit those grilling season points. Then we get to, you know, heck, what we're in now, the dog days of summer, and it's a long time from 4th of July to Labor Day, if we think about those grilling season type things. And so, you know, part of that, this decline in the cutout is seasonal. Uh, you know, I suspect a little bit too is some, uh, we probably get a little bit of resistance to some of the prices. I think one of the things we're going to do going forward in this kind of cattle and beef market is we're going to test consumers' willingness to pay for, for beef, willingness to pay for certain cuts. And we're going to test that through higher and higher prices as beef supplies are cut you know, not only this year, but next year and the year after with tighter and tighter beef supplies, uh, you know, that certainly provides the underpinnings for high prices and high prices are a market signal. And one of those signals is to consumers to buy less. So we're going to we're going to test what their resistance is. Well, some of the things you talk about in the article is just what happened with those middle meats, the rib, the loin, uh, the decrease there and and even things like brisket, which I wouldn't think about, but uh, those have become a pretty hot item and, and seeing some significant declines in those recently. Yeah, we have. And, and, you know, if we think of the middle meats, you know, and we went to certain cuts, you know, ribeyes, New York strips, things like that. One of the interesting things as you start looking at those markets is they all have a little different seasonality to them. They peak at different times. The rib has always peaked late in the year. We get to the kind of the holidays and, and that really takes off. Yet over the last handful of years, 
we've seen another real peak develop, really getting to that Memorial Day uh, holiday kind of thing where where ribeyes have increased in popularity. We've changed that seasonality. So they'll go up and then they come back down. Uh, New York strips exhibit a traditionally a little different uh, seasonal pattern. We've seen a dramatic increase in those prices. And then this same pullback as part of this cutout is, is some pullback in, the, in those middle meats. Uh, briskets are another interesting one in that, you know, if we went back, say, over the last 10 years, you know, briskets have really gone from being a very low-priced item to the third highest primal cut uh, behind the, you know, the rib and the loin. And, and I would argue that's really driven by, I think, the, the, the barbecue trend. The uh, whether it's a central Texas style Texas brisket barbecue, then that's been picked up by national chains like Arby's and places like that. That's really exploded that value uh, of the brisket as part of this whole meat complex. And so we see all of these different cuts moving in kind of different seasonal patterns with this underlying tight supplies of beef. So, I mean, I think it's a really interesting thing to look at. And, you know, one of the things I think it's worth remembering is that, you know, ranchers may be selling calves, feeders are selling fed cattle, you know, that our retail side, uh, whether it's grocery stores or restaurants, you know, a restaurant is trying to put a plate together that's a meal that's at a price point that people will come in and buy it and they can make a living selling it. And our grocery stores are looking for different cuts all the time. Can I buy this lower priced cut, put it on that in that meat case, sell it and make a margin on it? So it's a little different dynamic between all of those. Yeah, and I think also just some of, as you said earlier, the competing meats. And one of the things that got my attention in the article was the monthly retail choice beef price was a record of eight thirteen per pound in June. Eight dollars and thirteen cents. That's that's phenomenal in my mind. It really is. Uh, and you know, the month before was the old record. It was eight oh eight dollars and eight cents. And so we certainly see the effects of higher prices, as we might call that inflation. Yet our underlying production costs are higher, all the way from the ranch to the feeders to packers. Our underlying costs of production are higher. And and you know, I would argue it starts with feed. And as we move along, we start, you know, we get to, you know, whether it's labor cost, wages, trucking, uh, fuel, electricity, you know, all the costs of getting it from where it's produced to where consumers buy it, our costs are higher. So prices are higher. Yet those higher prices also reflect some notion that so far consumer demand has been good for beef. Consumers have been buying beef even at these higher prices. And so, you know, what's yet to come is really that test for consumers. Are we going to see folks really pull back? You know, I think we will in some cuts uh, because I think, you know, even if folks, if, they're, if their incomes are higher, if they, you know, if they've got money, they may go to the store and they may look at the price on that ribeye or on something else and say, you know, it may be that they have the money to, to buy that, but they may say, I refuse to pay that much for that. And so the, the fact that they don't buy then works to bring prices down. And, and so I think so, some interesting evidence in the marketplace is that, that that average price or that price reported by USDA is higher, uh, folks are still buying. 
as we look at the rest of the summer and move on into the fall, you know, just you mentioned some seasonality in terms of what we typically see with beef markets, the dog days. And as we record this, there's a lot of the United States that's pretty hot right now. So when it's 100 degrees, I don't know if grilling is quite as attractive as it was uh, back around Memorial Day. But what's some trends we would typically see with retail beef prices as we move on through the rest of the summer? And what might that do as we think about cattle prices going into the fall? Well, I'd expect, you know, we we started out talking a little bit about volatility, and, and I think we'll see some ups and downs uh, if, as we look at the, at the uh, say, the, the box beef cutout. We're going to see some ups and downs. Uh, we've got Labor Day still to come. We've got, then we get into kind of the fall, and hopefully, you know, speaking for down here, I hope it gets a little cooler, <laughs> but, you know, as we get into the fall, we get you know, so a little more on the roast side. We get to, to towards the holidays, the rib picks up in value. And I expect those underlying kinds of things to stay with us. Typically from about now, uh, the retail price is indicated by the Bureau of Labor Statistics data that USDA also reports tends to, to decline uh, later in the year. Uh, so, you know, I sort of expect that to happen, some declining retail prices uh, yet the level of price is going to remain high simply because of tighter supplies. And, and that the big assumption is the consumers continue to buy. But, you know, really, we've got some big things working uh, on price seasonality, whether we're talking calves at the ranch, feeder cattle, feds, or, or beef. Really, that, you know, if we think about calves, you know, our prices typically seasonally are the lowest in the fall. Yet underlying that, we've got tighter supplies of calves, and the demand from feeders remains good. I think another con really confounding factor going on here is, is you mentioned drought and dry conditions, particularly in the plains. Uh, we have some areas that are in, continue to be in terrible drought conditions. You know, so obviously that affects our cow herd, our number of beef cows, our ability to expand uh, the total cow herd. But as, that drought, as those drought conditions encompass the, really the entire corn belt, you know, we're, we're talking about 94 million acres planted of corn, and with some normal yields or trend yields, that would be a record large corn crop and lower feed costs to, to livestock producers. Yet, I think we really have to look at that as a real risk factor as the direction of this drought through the rest of the growing season, I think is pretty important for where we go for feed costs. And as feed costs go up, calf prices go down. So, so we've got that part going on as well really working against the idea of fewer calves, continued good demand for calves, uh, demand for beef. And so, you know, we've got those things really working at odds in our cattle market going forward. As we do talk about this fall, as we think about calf prices, feeder cattle prices, what are some things you're encouraging calf-calf producers, those who might be uh, buying weaned calves, thinking about a, a winter grazing program, stocker yearling type operators, what are some things you're encouraging them to think about as they look to this fall? Yeah, I think one of the things to think about is, you know, our basic expectation is that over the next several years, prices are going up. Calf prices, feeder cattle prices, fed cattle prices are going to be going up. One of the things we see historically is that the, the slide or the spread between lighter weight and heavier weight calves tends to get, you know, if we looked at some annual average prices, tends to get wider. And so 
as that gets wider, that can make some of those strategies harder to do profitably because the the buying price uh, it, it becomes relatively higher than the than the, the the selling price. But you know, so far this year, I think one of the interesting things is that while that has happened, uh, we've also seen that squeeze back together, and so that's where I think the timing. Uh, is is really important. And I think that that idea of the timing, uh, the continued very strong demand for feeder cattle by feeders uh, has has worked to bring that spread a little bit closer together. And so again, this timing idea is important. And with, I think, the risk on the, on the feed side, on the corn crop, uh, I think it adds a little more uncertainty to prices, which ought to suggest to us that it may be more valuable to do some kind of price risk management, whether it's LRP or doing options directly or doing something to uh, really, the opportunity there is to, is to really lock in a, a, a good profitable year. And so sometimes those are pretty rare. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the chance to grab one and lock it in for sure, I, I think, is is more valuable than in the past simply because of these other risks going on. And one of the things you mentioned before we got on and had a, this conversation was the fact that there has been a lot more livestock risk protection insurance being sold. And so I think combination of things there, I think the the insurance is significantly more attractive now than it was four or five years ago because of the subsidies that are in place. And then I think there's a number of producers also who, although it's been almost 10 years ago, what happened in 2014 and then, you know, subsequently 15, 16, uh, folks are saying, hey, we haven't seen prices like this for quite a while. We also remember those prices didn't stay around very long. That's right. They didn't. And, and so, you know, the the industry, cattle producers all over the U.S. expanded very rapidly last time. And really in response to record profits, they expanded very quickly. And so those those high prices didn't stick around very long. And so, you know, the, the opportunity to sort of maybe protect those a little bit and really lock in some profits and build up, rebuild cash reserves that really provides your war chest for the future, I think is pretty important. And and you know, you don't think about that and kind of your overall thinking about the operation. Well, just to bring some perspective on how fast these prices have come up, uh, part of the report that you put together just shows last year's price for five to six weight calves, Montana, Oklahoma, Nebraska. You know, we're looking in some cases at almost a dollar more per pound than they were a year ago. You know, we're talking a 550 pound calf. That's 550 bucks. That's a big jump in one year. That's a huge amount. And, and, you know, it's, we might argue it's probably even more pronounced in, in some of the Northern Plains areas where we've had a widening uh, gap between Northern Plains fed cattle and Southern Plains fed cattle. I think last week it was like $8 a hundred weight difference. And so that's driven uh, some of the Northern Plains feeders and, and calves to record high prices where maybe down South we're not quite there yet. But certainly, you know, those rising prices, the opportunity to, to lock those in, I think that's part of behind what some of these LRP sales is the is taking the taking the chance to spend a little bit to to really take advantage of this and make sure that it's a good year uh, and and still there's some upside potential there as well. 
Well, Dr. Anderson, anything else you'd like to highlight today? Things you would encourage folks to keep an eye on as we move through the rest of the summer on into the fall from a market perspective? Well, you know, overall, I, I think these are pretty exciting times. We've got a lot of interesting things happening in the marketplace. And in this case, I use the, in, the word interesting as a positive, not a negative. Sometimes we may think of that as a negative. But, you know, maybe this is just my kind of fundamental outlook on, you know, life or whatever. I tend to be sort of an optimist. Uh, I think there's a lot to be optimistic about in the cattle market. While we still have some you know, some big question marks and droughts, one of those things. But I think there's some reasons for optimism. And, and it starts with, uh, gosh, we've had some pretty good consumer demand, got prices that are much higher, and there's some opportunities to to make a profit. And I, you know, I think that's quite a bit of reason for optimism. Well, Dr. Anderson, thanks again for joining me today. Glad to do it. Thanks for the invitation. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, you can find Dr. Anderson's article that's in the in the Cattle Markets newsletter. It's from the July issue. Uh, for more on Dr. Anderson, you can also find more out about him. He's part of the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service.